Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I am your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get to today's episode, a thank you to the sponsors of this episode, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree executive fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu.com backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. My guest in this episode is Dr. Megan Ranney. This is Megan's second time on Explore the Space podcast. She was on in May of last year. Megan is amazing. She is a busy emergency physician and she's an associate professor of emergency medicine at Brown University. She is the director and founder of the Brown Emergency Digital Health Innovation Program. She is the chief research officer for Affirm Research, the American Foundation for Firearm Injury Reduction in Medicine. And she is a founding partner of GetUsPPE.org, which is dedicated to matching donors to health systems in need of personal protective equipment during the COVID-19 pandemic. Megan is one of the brightest lights in our profession right now. You've probably also seen her on multiple media platforms speaking about any number of topics, whether it be COVID-19, gun violence, and much more. It's wonderful to have her on. There's a lot of things we could have spoken about. We really honed in on one topic, and it is gun violence. And more specifically than that, the need to transform our conversations around the gun violence epidemic and gun violence as a public health issue in 2020. Megan is particularly skilled at this. This is the focus of a lot of her research, but she also is just one of those people who, when she speaks about this, it just makes sense. And she's an extraordinary person to learn from in that way. We also had the chance to speak about an upcoming event on June 27th of this year, Rock the Ride, which is a fundraising event for gun violence prevention research with proceeds going to organizations like Everytown, Giffords, and Affirm. I'm delighted to be moderating a panel, and Megan will be one of the panelists. She will be joined by Congresswoman Robin Kelly from the Illinois 2nd and Congressman Mike Thompson from the California 5th. It will be an extraordinary event. There are links in the show notes. Please join us. It will be really, really interesting, really, really special, and a great way to donate. And as Megan says, to have some agency over this issue. So definitely join us on June 27th. Before we get to our conversation, I want to just invite everyone to please check out Explore the Space wherever you like to download your shows. Please do leave us a rating and a review, and please share these episodes with your friends and your colleagues as well. You can find the whole archive to the podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can email me, mark at explorethespaceshow.com, and you can find me on social media, Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. Megan is tremendous. When you listen to her, I think you're going to agree with me. So without further ado, Dr. Megan Rainey. Megan, welcome back to Explore the Space. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, Mark. It's an honor to be back. 
it's been just a little bit over a year since you were on. And I think it's interesting when you came on Explore the Space in May of 2019, we focused on the public health epidemic of gun violence. I want to acknowledge that since that time, our world is different All of our professional and personal experiences have been flipped over by a multitude of things. The COVID-19 pandemic, the specific relief and harsh light being shown on all of us around structural racism and structural inequity in the United States. But having said that, with the time that you and I have together, I would still like to focus in on something where you remain one of our greatest experts, and that is the public health epidemic of gun violence. Is that a reasonable place for us to spend some time? That sounds delightful. (laughs) Good. One of the things that I think you are exceptionally good at, and I'm actually going to paraphrase you a little bit, and this was something that you shared on Twitter earlier today, actually, that one of the things that we need to get good at around gun violence in the United States is to transform the conversation around gun violence. Can you help me understand what you mean when you use that word transform? So, Mark, I think that that is the challenge of our times around gun violence. It is not saying that too many people are dying from guns. There is no one in this country who would dispute that fact. What is disputed is whether it matters and how to change it. And when you look at a population like ours, where we have these two widely separated ideas of what's happening and why and how to change it, the solution is not to try to fight for one extreme or fight for the other. You're going to keep on the same path of collisions and of hardening, reified discourse and lack of progress. Instead, the solution is to create a new third path forwards, to take the discussion out of those reified channels and instead bring people together in a new perspective on what could be possible. And when you look at the history of medicine, at the history of science, or at the history of societies, you see that this happens over and over again. You get paradigm shifts in the way that we perceive the world. Most of the people that listen to your podcast are in medicine, right? And we're used to kind of the fact that There was a point in time where nobody thought about blood circulating through the body. And then Harvey came up with the idea of circulation and created this paradigm shift in the way that we think about blood flow. Similarly, germ theory was a paradigm shift for the way that we approach sickness and and cure. And what I would say is that it's time for us to transform or shift the paradigm around the way that we approach gun violence and its solution. And don't think of it as being gun owners versus non-gun owners, just as we don't think of COVID as being a debate between people with COVID and people without COVID. Instead, we think about it as us working together to identify what are the risk factors and how can we change those as a community in order to enhance the safety and health of all. I love that idea. I really do. (laughs) You are a singular voice. I haven't heard it framed like that yet by anyone else but you. And that is both a challenge and an opportunity, I would say, because you can educate all of us around this, but you also can't do it alone. And I wouldn't want you to even try because I'm afraid that you'd be that candle that burns really brightly and then goes out because that would just be too much for one person to do by themselves. But one person can also light a fuse that burns for a long time. 
And I don't know if that analogy makes sense. I'm because I'm kind of trying to it put does. it together no, on the fly. I, I, Mark, I totally agree. So I think I think step one was getting folks to recognize just that gun violence is a public health problem. Yeah. And that was a uh, shift in and of itself. That took us the past five, seven years um, of my life and that of many, many other people across the country to get physicians and other health professionals to recognize that gun violence is a health problem and that this is our lane. And that was really step one. And then step two is how do you reframe the conversation? And I will say, you know that I serve as chief research officer for an organization called Affirm. I will say it is a volunteer position. I have no financial conflict of interest, Um, but our mission is to to do exactly this. It is to create a new approach to gun violence. And a lot of what you're going to see from us in the next year or so is around this idea of reframing the conversation. Um, we've piloted a couple of reframe events, had a bunch planned this spring that got canceled thanks to COVID, um, but we'll be doing more work online to try to do exactly what you say, which is to spread this different way of talking about it and creating community and then creating solutions and putting them in place. None of us can do this alone. This this has to be a group effort and it has to be something that occurs in communities across the country. And that has to be led by a lot of different kinds of people. There's no one person who's going to fix this and no one type of person that's going to fix this. You and a handful of others were the voices and educators that brought me aboard. For sure. And it was in the early Mm. part of the later part of 2018 and the early part of 2019. And I say that both to say thank you, but also to acknowledge that this message can be effective. I didn't learn this stuff in medical school. I didn't learn it as a resident, even though gun violence and its aftermath was a big part of my training, just as it is for virtually every other physician who trains in the United States. So that being said, we know it works. What are you finding are the right tools to continue that so that it's not just you that convinces Shapiro, but now Shapiro can go and convince three more. And then those three can go and convince four more. Are there replicable strategies that are effective in helping people understand gun violence is a public health issue? Yeah. So I'm doing research on this right now. So I'll hopefully have better answers for you um, in the next six to 12 months about those replicable strategies. But I will say that based on the history of medicine and social change, there are some things that we know work. One is, and you'll love this, it's the power of narrative and sharing stories, right? So when you're right, I do love that. (laughs) Right? We've got to tell our stories. Yeah. And when you look at this as our lane, what worked was all of us out there sharing our experience as healthcare professionals with gun violence as a health problem. And for some of us, our very personal experiences, not just our clinical experiences. And and that's step one. Step two is giving people language that they feel comfortable with and making them feel empowered and expert. And then step three is finding um, both educational tools, but also interventions that are effective and creating, you know, there's a whole science of dissemination and implementation and we got to use that um, to to spread this. But there are a lot of things that are ongoing. So, you know, one great example is that um, within a firm, we've worked with AAMC and with researchers at UCSF and at Johns Hopkins to create a list of priorities for medical education around firearm injury prevention. And we did it with a consensus group of 
physicians, nurses, other healthcare professionals with representation from both firearm owners and non-firearm owners alike to say what are the core things that students should be learning, whether they're in medical school or nursing school or residency, because then that's a step, right? So that empowers people to just know the basics, which, like you said, none of us learned. And then the next thing is how do we get folks to start having these events and how do we create a playbook so that this is replicable? So there are a lot of steps between here and there. I don't have perfect answers yet, but it's in the process of happening. As you describe it that way, I get that sort of surge of optimism and excitement. And I also get that kind of, uh, of man, we've burned a lot of time. We've had so many generations of physicians that just, this was not part of the training and it's an opportunity lost. And it, it, I guess, I don't know, maybe there, maybe it's just me, but it feels like it's important to at least acknowledge that. And so maybe we can let it go as we move forward and just say, we can still try to educate all, but we did miss an opportunity. We did. We, we absolutely missed an opportunity, but as you said, looking backwards doesn't fix anything and being mired and regret doesn't help us. The thing is to look forwards. You know what? We've missed opportunities around discussion of gender and sexual orientation. We've missed opportunities around discussions of structural racism. Uh, We can acknowledge and and be honest about all of the errors and missteps that we've made as a profession and as a society. But the, 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 the deciding moment is what we do today, not you know, we can we can repent for what we did in the past, but but we have the chance to change course now. And do we do we recognize it and, and do what's right, knowing what we know now um, is to me the the big challenge. That's the critical piece. And I agree with you. And I think it's then we, we acknowledge that there are a lot of things that are also going on at the same time. And you are someone who has really stepped forward in the last couple of years and even more so since the emergence of the COVID pandemic in the United States as someone who is highly sought after on a number of topics. As you sort of sift through the different things where you are that you're working on, whether it's clinical shifts in the emergency department where you're going to see gun violence and you're going to see COVID-19 and everything else that you would see on an ED shift, your research time, your media time, because you've emerged as a critical physician voice on every media platform we have in this country. How do you fold in? How do you prioritize the, the really focused granular work that you just described around gun violence and continuing the conversation, continuing to build those learning tools? How does that prioritization work? work? That's a great question, Mark. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a bunch of things. So part of it is seeing the degree to which this is all intertwined. So, right, the COVID-19 epidemic is so tied up with the same things that are driving gun violence, whether it's racism or respect for science or using the public health model or uh, techniques for science communication, right? They, they're all, it's so interwoven. And not only that, but we're seeing that under COVID-19, there's been approximately a 40% increase in first-time gun buyers um, getting their first gun. And so that creates a whole new set of concerns around safety training and risk that that we have to address. My ear shifts are what keep me honest and keep me grounded and keep me motivated. It, it is the day-to-day reality of my patients and my colleagues that give me uh, conviction and also give me staying power in in doing this work. Because every time I think that an issue might not be worth 
you know, putting my time into, then I go and I work in the ED and I go, my God, this matters, right? This matters so much and no one else is talking about it. Um, And then it's about having a team. So none of this is possible without being part of a community and part of a group. And Mark, I know you and I have talked separately about this, but I see that the power of change comes from the power of community and the connections and the communities that have been created around the rapid response to COVID-19 and around the public health approach to COVID-19 are in many ways parallel to and overlapping with the same communities that were created to help elevate the discussion of gun violence as a public health problem to the point that a firm research is actually serving as the short-term fiscal sponsor for Get Us PPE, uh, the organization that I'm working with to help get donated protective equipment to frontline healthcare providers across the country. Because we saw it with such a critical need, and we're all healthcare providers at a firm, so we needed to support our colleagues and ourselves. It's it's all about recognizing that what touches one of us touches all of us. And so, you know, prioritization addressing those underlying issues that that drive firearm injury are just so core to who I am, but it overlaps with and is enhanced by um, the other work. And I can't ignore the other stuff because that would be doing a disservice to my patients and my colleagues who are touched by gun violence. And and in doing all of it, we create, again, that that larger community. You said it yourself. I, Megan Ranney, I'm not going to fix this. But what I can do is I can work with a lot of other people who can fix it. And it's going to be all of us working together that that make a difference, not any one of us on our own. It's exciting and motivating to hear you frame it like that. And I love that you had the word team pop up a couple times. And here's why. This weekend, June 27th at 1130 Pacific time, 230 Eastern time, I get to be on your team for an hour. I'm so excited. Yay! I cannot wait. So we're we're going to be on a panel that I that together I'm moderating for Rock the Ride, which is a fundraising event for gun violence prevention research. And we get to be on a panel together. It's going to be you as one of the panelists, Congressman Mike Thompson and Congressman Robin Kelly. And this is exactly what we're going to be discussing is this idea of these multiple intersecting public health issues, but focusing on how just like they all intersect how gun violence is both informed by and informs these other ones. Megan, I'm so excited I get to be on your team. I am so excited to be on yours, Mark. So it is mutual. Um, I remember you talking to me about this event last year and being totally intrigued and excited. And I was ready to fly out to Sacramento to or to Napa <laughs> to help join it, join this. But of course, COVID-19 has gotten in the way. So we'll be doing it virtually. But I think it's just going to be such an exciting and powerful event and a great chance for people to do something. I think, you know, Mark, you and I both seen that one of the most powerful things we can do for people is to give them hope and give folks a sense of agency. And I will say through Rock the Ride, individual Americans can have that sense of agency, whether they feel like they're experts in this area or not, by riding their bikes, by participating in our conversation, by making donations. That's a chance to feel that they're making a difference in this epidemic. And then knowing that the organizations that the donations are going to are going to use it well and responsibly to create change. Um, I think it's just a great chance to create hope in the midst of this pandemic. 
That's the thing that I was excited about as well. And when they told me that they were going to go forward, just the fact that we were going to go forward and we were going to use the the new tools that we're all getting used to, right, doing this over Zoom, we're not all going to be in the same room. We're all going to be, you know, in our home offices on a Saturday. And yet we're going to still come together and we're going to still try to provide that sense of hope to try to inform and to give people an opportunity to, to create some agency. For me, that feels really, really special. It would have been really easy to just say, oh, we're canceled for 2020. I Mm. love the fact that we didn't. I love the fact that the organizers and yourself and Congresswoman Kelly and Congressman Thompson have still said the time on a Saturday is still worth it to push through. I think that that in and of itself speaks to the importance of the issue. Same. I I mean, we all know that this problem is not going away. It may have drifted into the back of our consciousness for many of us during the midst of COVID-19, but we know that rates of, or from media reports, we're we're extrapolating that rates of gun violence and and death have most likely stayed steady, if not increased, um, during the course of the pandemic. And it's time for us to turn our eye back to this issue. And I'm, I'm just honored to get to be part of this event to to do that, to make sure that we don't lose our focus and to make sure we don't forget about all of those folks who are injured or killed every day across the U.S. That, that's a that's a great calling. And, and for me, it's the same. It's this is still really critical work. And it's going to be a very special, a really a very, very special hour with some incredible people. And I'm really looking forward to it. We'll have links to the to the Rock the Ride signups in the show notes. I'm amplifying it on Twitter. You are also a critical voice on social media. How do people find the work that you're doing on social media where you, the reason social media, I think, is important with you, too, is you also share when you're doing your stand up media hits in advance so we can DVR. How do people find you? <laughs> you I, I sometimes do it. Thank you. Um, but I'm on Twitter at Megan Ranny, just my first name and last name, no space, no anything, and would love to have people follow me and, and join the conversation. I think to me, what social media allows is a much larger and more diverse an inclusive conversation than would be possible if any of us just sat in our house right now during COVID or within our community. Um, The people that I've met, like you, across the country and honestly across the world have enriched my life and enriched my thinking, and hopefully I've done the same for them. So I would be honored to have any of your listeners follow and engage. You absolutely have done that for all of us. I cannot wait to team up with you for Rock the Ride this coming Saturday. Megan, this was such a treat. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's my honor and privilege, Mark. Thank you for doing the show. Your podcasts are one of my favorite things to listen to, and it's just a total treat to get to be back on with you. Appreciate it. We'll see you Saturday. Take care. Talk to you Saturday. Thanks so much again to Dr. Megan Ranney for joining us on this episode of Explore the Space. And thank you to our sponsors of this episode as well, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Elevate your expertise with Creighton University's healthcare executive educational programming. Learn more about Creighton's executive MBA and executive fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. We covered a ton in this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please do check out the show notes. All of the great links and things to look at and follow are all there. Definitely check out the links for Rock the Ride, June 27th, 1130 a.m. Pacific, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. 
We will have a panel with Dr. Ranny, Congresswoman Robin Kelly from the Illinois 2nd, and Congressman Mike Thompson from the California 5th, and I am delighted to be moderating. It will be a very special occasion, and all of the proceeds will be going to gun violence research, so it is certainly worthwhile. Definitely check out the archive of the show and follow me on social media. Follow us wherever you'd like to download your podcast, and we will be back soon with more content. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com, and please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show, and you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.